And now it's time for Inside Voices with Kevin Kazi Thomas, a local discussion focused on systemic racism, injustice, and hate in our country. Although we may not always agree, the aim of Inside Voices is to confront these truths together by sharing the voices of those facing these struggles and to find a path to making things better. We invite you to listen to this ongoing conversation. And now, here's Kevin. Welcome, black men and women, people of all colors, races, nationalities, allies in the struggle. This is Kevin Kazi Thomas, and you are tuned in to another episode of Inside Voices here on 97.9 The Hill and Chapelboro.com. This is an ongoing conversation that we are having about social justice, racism, inequality. And uh, today we want to touch on the topic of systemic racism and what what it means when we say systemic racism. A lot of people that are outside of the awareness of these issues would ask, what do you mean? The same, you know, by systemic, the same opportunities that are available to a, a, a person, a, a non-person of color, or that would be available to me as a male, aren't those the same opportunities that are available to everyone? And uh, oftentimes the devil are, is in the details of, of these situations systemically when we talk about economics, uh, when we talk about credit, loans, uh, home ownership, um, things like that. And so we have a special guest with us today that I wanted to welcome in that can help mm-hmm. us dissect these topics in this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a real estate broker with Berkshire Hathaway and uh, also a graduate of um, North Carolina Central University, Eagle mm-hmm. Pride in mm-hmm. the house. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, if y'all please welcome to the show uh, real estate broker DJ Salmon. Hey, thanks. DJ, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here, man. I appreciate you bringing me on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you how long? So just tell us a little bit about what you know your path to becoming a real estate sure. broker and, and being an african-american male in this in that industry so as you noted um i am a graduate of north carolina central university first of all thanks for inviting me sure um, i'm a graduate of north carolina central university i got out in 1996 um spent some time doing different things i worked at uh, ibm and went into the telecom world and did spend some time there um in 2017 i decided that i wanted to you know start a different career and start off with something different um, was interested in real estate, so I went and got licensed and got to work. Um, so that's what brought me to real estate. And um, in that time, you know, we've a lot of things have changed or a lot of it has gone on. It's not so much that it's changed that I think a wider view has been placed on, you know, what's been going on around race, um, economics, and equity, inequality. And um, so, you know, of course, now that I'm in real estate and so forth, I can start to do more work around trying to mitigate some of those differences and some of those inequalities. And... Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, it's just a, a time, a great time for us to have these conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the environment is kind of loosened up to where we can go in and have really in-depth conversations about this. So right. I'll myself to the table. Right on. Thanks for being here. Mm-hmm. And so I want to start out with the conversation, you know, when I think about <clears throat> when people think about systemic mm-hmm. inequality around home ownership, mm-hmm. around real estate, mm-hmm. um, the topics of credit, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the information that's not always been passed down to us in the African-American community, mm-hmm. even by our parents, our elders, because it was things that they didn't know mm-hmm. about lending and home ownership and interest rates and property taxes and things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were to, you know, advise anyone or, or to tell anybody, what what's some of the things that they should know or mm-hmm. like just some of the, the issues that affect people trying to. You know, your first time home buyer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm an African American. I have, you know, maybe credit that needs some rehabilitation, or mm-hmm. I have poor, slow credit. Mm-hmm. Where, where do I begin? What sure. you know? 
what's the path for, you know, to me to actually become a homeowner? Great question. So I think to start, we have to recognize that this the way our system is established, um, it kind of puts us all in a situation where you don't know things, right? And that is by design to some degree. Um, no one is taught, regardless of race or gender or anything, any kind of label that you place on a person, uh, no one are, is taught the basics of credit in school, like when we're in you know high school and so forth. We're not taught, we don't talk about these sorts of things. Right. Even at the university level, when you get to college campuses, be they public or private, you get to campus as a freshman, banks have employees on campus handing out credit card applications. And as many so as they can. As many as they can, and they give you, you know, free, you know, tchotchkes. T-shirt. Uh, T-shirts, <laughs> pencils, and cups, and things like that with right. the bank's logo on it. Um, if you put in an application for a credit card, et cetera. So, um, you know, oftentimes that's where a person begins their credit story. Their personal credit story begins when they get to a university or something like that. And if you don't go to a university, you you go into the workforce and so for so forth. You don't even you don't even get that right. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of left to your own devices. Uh, the universities don't have a program that says you know, hey, bank, if you're going to be here giving out these applications, you also might want to help us support some education around this so that our students aren't in a bad situation when they graduate. Most oftentimes they've already, they're taking out loans to be in school. So they're building that debt. And then along with that, you handed a person who doesn't understand credit, a credit card. And you said, here's $2,000 worth of credit that you can use and so forth. So oftentimes by the time they get out of school, that credit card is loaded up with debt. Um, And they also have this loan that they've been taking over the course of these years and not been paying on with some interest in rate that's probably exactly crazy exactly so like my loan exactly so you know it, we, we're all kind of everybody regardless of race again is it's starting from this place where not knowing is kind of how the system works right and well you're even less likely to know that if you're coming from family and a heritage where they didn't have access so they're not going to pull you aside and have those conversations with you because they don't know the uh, chances of you getting that conversation are much greater if you come from a white family in America that's just the reality of it because white families have been interacting with this system for far longer Um, and so that that creates some of the beginnings of the inequities that we see um, in terms of credit scores yeah what you can get uh, you know loan for etc and I think about that early right e- even in my own personal life this is just information conversations that we don't that a lot of times in African-American families and black families that we don't have mm-hmm. about credit and and what that means and mm-hmm. why you need that you know healthy credit mm-hmm. good credit score um it's just information that doesn't get passed on to us mm-hmm. and then we learn the hard way right or you're in situations you know where I think about where parents oh put things in children's names mm-hmm. or you know to do things to try to get around the system of their own credit being messed up. Mm-hmm. You go to college, start taking student loans mm-hmm. to, you know, say to do the right thing to get your education and these interest rates compile and then you get credit cards where you haven't been instructed in this, right? And 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 school is, and, and then so you're compounding more, mm-hmm. more and more debt, right? Mm-hmm. So by the time you're coming out of a college situation, mm-hmm. you're, you're 21, 22, 23 years old, but your credit's already screwed for lack of a better right. word. And, that's there's the gap there, right? Because school is not teaching me. They're teaching me all these other e- levels of economics and mm-hmm. structure, but not personal mm-hmm. banking, mm-hmm. credit. Mm-hmm. And then you comes time for you to where you're stepping into your maturity of becoming a grown person. Mm-hmm. You want to buy a house, mm-hmm. get a car, mm-hmm. do these things, 
And now it's like, oh, wow, now it's coming back to bite you. Right, right? exactly. So either you're in a situation where you just don't have access at all because your credit score is just that they won't lend to you, or if they will lend to you, the money is way more expensive. Your interest rate is way higher. So in order for you to get those things, you need to kind of get your first new car after school and so forth, your your monthly payment is going to be higher than it needs to be or it could be um, if you had, uh, you know, better understanding of how credit and all of that works. And once again, our schools are not teaching this this sort of stuff. And, you know, so there's these there are these gaps that get created. Mm-hmm. And um, with any kind of no- negative social phenomenon, uh, black people and people of color tend to be more negatively affected than the wider populace. Right. Like it doesn't matter what you're looking at, what negative social issue you're looking at. The, the numbers tend to get worse right. when you break it out on racial lines. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're trying to do things to kind of mitigate some of that and uh, talk to African-Americans about uh, what it is that we can do to improve our lot in this conversation. Uh, one of those things, for example, we're talking about credit, is, um, you know, the first one of the first things you need to do is talk to a lender about where your credit is currently to get a read on what it is that you need to do to get to a place where you can get into a mortgage. And uh, I think to do that, um, people have to get comfortable with the conversation about their money. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a sense of shame around money in that conversation, and I think that's part of the reason why parents oftentimes don't talk about it with their kids. Um, they don't have that conversation because maybe they are struggling with it. Right. And oftentimes when parents are struggling, they don't want to reveal that struggle to their kids. Right? That vulnerability. Kid, the vulnerability. Because right. that's, you know, you're showing the kid that, hey, I don't, I'm not exactly sure what I have going on here. Right. And people tend not to want to be in that position with their kid. True. We, you know, we want the kid to trust our judgment and so forth because we want them to take counsel, counsel from us. Um, so sometimes when we do that, we kind of pretend like we know it all. Right. And in, in the areas we don't know, we just don't say anything. Right. So the kid goes out there with that lack of information and they get scarred up over it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it begins with being getting comfortable with conversations about money um, and kind of peel off some of that, any, that sense of shame that comes with what you have going on financially. Um, that's number one. Uh, the next thing I would do is to recognize that if you do get in a situation where you have been approved for a loan and somebody's, you know, you've gotten with a lender and you've gotten your credit solid and you're able to, you know, get a loan, you should be shopping around for a loan. You shouldn't go probably with the very first quote that you get. Um, you have every right to have these lenders compete for your business. Um, and that's how you work towards getting a lower interest rate is by, you know, you get that first approval, go to other lenders and say, hey, I've gotten approved for this much at this rate. Can you beat that? That's not that's a conversation that many of us are not having because we assume that, hey, I got an opportunity. They accepted me. I've got a chance. I'm just going to go after this. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, they're doing you a favor. Yeah, they're letting you borrow, you know, six figures probably. But you're also doing them a big favor in that you're bringing them business and you're going to be paying them a lot of money over the life of of that loan for the loan. So you deserve the opportunity to get the best possible deal in that situation. You can't do that if you jump at the very first deal that you get. So, you know, these are some of the things that people can do to kind of balance out the game for themselves Mm -hmm. um, is to just be competitive. Yes, sir. All right. Well, we're going to continue this conversation. We're here with DJ Salmon, broker from Berkshire Hathaway. We're going to continue to talk about uh, what we can do to dismantle the systemic uh, issues that we're facing as far as credit, lending, homeownership, loans, all that good stuff when we're talking about systemic economic racism. All right. So we'll be right back. This is Kevin Kazi Thomas. You're listening to Inside Voices on 97.9 The Hill. You're listening to Inside Voices 
with Kevin Kazi Thomas on 97.9 The Hill. We'll be back with more after this. And now, back to Inside Voices with Kevin Kazi Thomas. Once again, here's Kevin. And welcome back to Inside Voices. This is Kevin Kazi Thomas, and we're still speaking with DJ Salmon, broker from Berkshire Hathaway. Um, and we're talking about, uh, you know, when we talk about systemic racism around economics and lending and financial structures in America. And there's three things that we spoke about off camera that we want to bring light to here that all tie into mm-hmm. what we're talking about. Um, when we talk about uh, property taxes mm-hmm. that that you know African American black people homeowners are facing higher interest rates and the redlining of these neighborhoods mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and these are all like things that like I said are like hidden in the system mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and and so tell us a little bit about what we should know about that to raise awareness of these things right so when we get into the conversation about it being systemic. So what we're really saying is that this is something that's built in and it really has nothing to do with how you feel about it or whether you think it's fair or not. It's it's built into how things go. And whether you think that's fair or not, it's kind of beside the point. It's just all built in. Uh, redlining is one of the ways that it has been systemically implemented. Um, and what redlining is, is essentially, uh, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, in those time periods, the government is essentially drawing red lines on a map in certain neighborhoods and saying, we're not going to, these are considered high risk areas. And banks effectively said, we're not going to lend in those areas. And black people were forced into those areas to live in there. So you couldn't improve the areas in any real way. Uh, All the lending that was happening was going out to the suburbs, right? Mm -hmm. And so the, the suburbs were built and we were kind of barred from getting out into those spaces. So, that creates a general being able to own a home creates generational wealth. Well, if you have generations that were completely barred from that process, there's no passing down that they can do of their homes to the next generation. Um, and so you can see how policies that were taking place in, say, the 50s, 60s, 70s are still affecting people here are here now right. because your parents, your grandparents, those folks, when you got out of school or whenever it is that you decided I want to get out here and start on, get beyond my own and get my own home. You couldn't turn to your parents and say, hey, you know, can I get $5,000 or $10,000 to help me get started on my next one? Because they don't have the equity. They don't ha- they haven't built the wealth to be able to give that to the next generation of kids. Right. And uh, a lot of African-Americans, I've talked to clients who have talked to gone to a lender and, you know, the lender will say something like, you know, well, can you just ask your parents to, you know, kick in X amount of dollars as you know, because it's just common and they don't get that for a certain segment of the population, that just isn't a possibility. It just isn't there. Um, And race drives some of that. None of this is to say that there are no poor white people. Clearly, there are white people who are economically disadvantaged. But the numbers get, you know, really out of whack when you start to look at it from racially. And that's what the conversation we're trying to mitigate, that piece of it. So, you know, granted, once again, this affects all poor people, mm-hmm. but it affects poor black people even worse. And when you're talking about redlining, I mean, <clears throat> without looking at a map, mm-hmm. if you're driving, you know, in certain parts of town and in the neighborhoods, you can see when it switches over. Mm-hmm. You can you can tell when you go from one block to another. Mm-hmm. And it's always a joke, I think, a running joke in the African-American community, black community, that like wherever MLK is, it's, that's the line of demarcation, right? right? Mm-hmm. That like mm-hmm. once you cross that or that that railroad track mm-hmm. or whatever that that 
invisible boundary is, mm-hmm. um, it, it almost starts a new reality of what exactly. that side of town is like. You know, I think about my experience living on the South Point, South Point, 751 side of Durham mm-hmm. and, and 54 side of Chapel Hill. Mm-hmm. And then when I lived on the uh, old 86 on the Wake Forest Highway side, mm-hmm. Mineral Springs okay. side, right. totally mm-hmm. different reality of what I experienced in policing, service, you know, and, 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 and that type of structure. So when they draw these lines, it's very, with very intentional, you know, we, we talk, you know, in voting, we'll talk about mm-hmm. that on another episode, mm-hmm. but also in the communities that we are creating, we are putting an invisible fence or a mm-hmm. boundary around this community and then giving them a certain uh, pretense for lending, credit, exactly. and, 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 and finance. And everything and, that falls out of that. And I think this is also where it connects to the property tax piece, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, once you jump through the various hoops um, that get you into a home, okay, so now you have your house. Um, you've got to pay taxes on that, right? And those taxes support the schools in your community, support the policing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, what we're, what, what's been found, and there's research around this, um, that indicates that African-Americans are paying higher tax rates for the same homes. If a white person was living in the same house, they would pay a lower rate. So it's not even about the quality of the house and the neighborhood and all of that, just by virtue of the fact that those houses are being occupied by black people, they tend to end up paying more taxes. Um, that uh, there's a few things that point that that cause that I think uh, for a lot of African Americans, the ones those of us who have gotten to that place where we can afford to purchase a home and get a mortgage and so forth, we've gotten to that place by simply paying the bill that comes in. You don't ask questions. Right. You're just happy to be there. You're happy to be in the system. Happy to be able to take advantage of all this. So just glad I just, got you, it. I'm so glad I'll pay, I got it. I'll pay you something. Crazy. Whatever comes in, I'm paying it. Right. Right. And they don't, we don't even know oftentimes that you can contest the assessment that the, that the city has made on your home and say, actually, my house is not worth that as much as you say it is. So my tax bill shouldn't be as high as it is. Um, the numbers of us who challenge those assessments are low compared to white people. White people have a tend- more of a tendency to question their bill. Sure. I'm not paying that. I'm not paying that. <laughs> I'm simply not paying that. That's too high. You've, you know, you've assessed this place way too high and right. they have a conversation. Um, so fewer of us are complaining about the assessment. And then when we do, fewer of us are actually getting it, the assessment changed. Yeah. And then when we do get the assessment changed, the amount that the assessment is, is lower than it would have been if a white person made the same complaint. Right. And so this, this at is, every level, mm-hmm. adding race to the equation makes matters worse for black people. Right. No matter what. So whether we complain or don't complain, things end up worse. Yeah. Uh, WB is, Du Bois did this work when he was around. He did work and his work pointed to the fact that black people are literally paying more taxes and, and supporting cities more than their white counterparts while also being told that we're the lazy ones and that we're taking out of the system and pulling out of the system. Um, so, you know, it's 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 complicated, but at the same time, pretty simple. Yeah, and right? I, I think this is what we're talking about, the when we even have the space to complain, mm-hmm. right, that that's problematic that you are then a problem, you're, you're becoming a problem as a tenant, as, you know, I don't know if I can continue to do business with mm-hmm. you. If, look, if you ain't happy with this, you can go somewhere else exactly. is what a lot of times a landlord will present you with when you're holding them accountable for what you're entitled to uh, when you pay these your, your rent and your mortgage. Mm-hmm. And then you'll be told by your lender, basically, if you don't like it, you can go somewhere else. Right. Uh, I've experienced that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure that other people in, in our community have experienced that mm-hmm. as as well. And it's the things that, that uh, you know, the joke now, Karen, right? It's the thing. Mm-hmm. 
things mm-hmm. that Karen gets to complain about mm-hmm. to the manager mm-hmm. that uh, oftentimes we don't we, that we don't get the, the opportunity to complain about and right. get the results and that get the uh, results <laughs> right that, that right. come along right because even that. when we do complain the complaint is responded to way differently it may be responded to more aggressively instead of listening to you complain I may just call the police. Right. They get out of here with that. Like it just, you know, depends on the situation. Which is a whole nother threat now that can be weaponized uh, against you now, right? right? That's just the reality of what we understand now is that, uh, you know, that the, that we're talking about, like I said, the devil being in the details mm-hmm. of these smaller things. These Like, okay, you can, I, I'm going for a home and you're going for a home. Mm-hmm. What's the problem? Why can't, you know, why is it so much harder than for you than it is for me? And, right. and we're we're highlighting these issues, and so we're going to continue to do that. Um, like I said, I'm continuing a conversation right here with DJ Salmon from Berkshire Hathaway. Uh, this is Kevin Kazi Thomas. You're listening to Inside Voices right here on 97.9 The Hill. We'll be right back. You're listening to Inside Voices with Kevin Kazi Thomas on 97.9 The Hill. We'll be back with more after this. And now, back to Inside Voices with Kevin Kazi Thomas. Once again, here's Kevin. And welcome back to Inside Voices. This is Kevin Kazi Thomas. You're listening on 97.9 The Hill. And I'm here with DJ Salmon from Berkshire Hathaway. We're continuing the conversation around systemic racism, around economics, lending, credit, homeownership, finance, all that stuff that we don't know that we need to know, the mm-hmm. stuff that's not been taught to us or passed down. Um, you know, historically, mm-hmm. you know, across, you know, across our culture. And so we're, you know, before we wrap up all the great information that we've spoke about on the show today, um, I would like to talk to you, DJ, about, you know, and inform any listeners out there that want to know what can they do to avoid falling into one of these predatory lending situations for people that feel like home ownership is outside the realm of, mm-hmm their financial possibility mm-hmm. because they're black or they just don't know what direction, where to start. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and a lot of, and they're facing a lot of what we've talked about today. Uh, what advice or guidance mm-hmm. or direction which could you give them? All right. Well, the first thing I would say is that if you're interested in, you know, purchasing a home, one of the first things I would suggest is that you get in contact with a broker. Find somebody who knows the market in your area and knows what real estate, what's going on with real estate in the area that you live. Whether you select me or not, it's beside the point, you need to find someone who's a professional who understands what's going on around you um, and have them on your side as a buyer. That's one. Uh, The next thing I would suggest is that uh, when you're looking at the lending piece, as I was saying earlier, uh, to make sure that you get competitive offers for the lending. Um, You don't have to accept the first thing that comes at you. Uh, yeah, you will have to, they will have to check your credit multiple times. But when you get a credit check, and we all know that you know when somebody checks your credit, it oftentimes hits your score. Your right. score will go down some. Mm-hmm. But when you're shopping for a mortgage, banks do expect that you're going to be shopping for a mortgage. So if they see that someone looked at your credit report yesterday, day before, they know, okay, this person's shopping for a mortgage. So that, you know, there's an expectation that you'll, you'll be, there'll be several, several hits there in that little time period. Right. So don't allow that to stop you from shopping around for a loan so that you can get the best possible interest rate. Because that part of the reason why there's a gap between the interest rates that we pay and the interest rates that white people pay is because we tend to take the first thing that comes. Right. Um, and we don't give ourselves options. And we deserve that. Um, it, once you're in the home um, and property taxes start coming around, know that you can contest the assessments that come down from the county and city on the value of your home. Um, that is definitely something that you should look at doing if you feel like the bill that you've gotten is too high. 
um, because once again, that's something that we just tend not to do. And uh, as a result, we lose money over it. When it comes time to sell your home, you want to make sure that, you know, get a decent appraisal done on the house. Make sure that when you sell the house that you sell it for what you deserve to get for it, right? Um, a lot of what we see in terms of gentrification and so forth happens because people are selling their house to speculators way cheaper than it needs to be sold. So the person not only has to move out of their neighborhood, they have to move out of it with less money in their pocket going out than they could have. And that speculator goes in, slaps some paint on the walls, and sells it way for way more than they bought it from you. And you could have gotten in on some of that, mm -hmm. but you just didn't know any better. So when it comes time to, when you're interested in selling your home, once again, find a good broker and get some good advice around how to properly price your place so that you can get a fair market value for it. You know, of course we don't, you know, people shouldn't expect to get more than, way more than what it's worth. Right. Um, but you should always expect to get fair market value for your home when you sell it. And. Uh, you know, sometimes if a person comes to you willing to just cut you a quick check and say, you know, I'll buy this house from you right now, that quick check that they're willing to cut you, they could, you could probably get way more than that. Right on. So, you know, give yourself the benefit of some due diligence and have someone come and give you some advice around how to properly sell your home. Right on. And um, I want to, you know, thank you for that information. Mm -hmm. That's strong. And I want to, you know, also stress the importance of you know, black people, people of color, you know, everyone, of course, but specifically to the aspirations of young black men and women, uh, ownership, the importance of ownership. And I know we, we all, you know, start on a path to not necessarily where we want to be, but where we're, where we're headed. And, you know, we rent, we rent a lot, mm -hmm. apartments, mm -hmm. homes, different situations. We are, we are, you know, habitually spending money, dollars that, you know, we talk about like, that bounce around in other communities or mm -hmm. that the dollars that bounce around in other, uh, you know, circles of economy mm -hmm. that because we're renting, <clears throat> we're not gaining any equity, mm -hmm. right? That you're not gaining anything that will substantiate your credit, mm -hmm. your, your, you know, things that you can, you know, leverage for a loan mm -hmm. for, mm -hmm. for your business, mm -hmm. uh, education, education mm -hmm. uh, another part of your house, you know, enough additions to your house mm -hmm. or things that you need to do in your life uh, that you need to create equity for money. Mm -hmm. And so these are conversations when we talk about what other people know that we don't know. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like when you gain this knowledge, you mm -hmm. get access to this information mm -hmm. When you pop up knowing it, it's like, oh, who told you? Mm -hmm. <laughs> How'd you right. find out? You, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who, who let you in on the secret? Right. Because right. this is not information that's generally shared right. with our community right. or that our elders have that have passed that down. Mm -hmm. And so in order to be that uh, generational curse breaker in mm -hmm. your family, to be that person that changes the perspective of what ownership looks like in your legacy in your mm -hmm. family it's these things that we have to know right about credit uh lending property taxes home ownership loans interest rates and uh you know why you're seeing a lot of the equity that african-americans have acquired in the past now being gentrified being redeveloped mm -hmm. that was once owned by you know historically black people of the community mm -hmm. um that once that value that you know it's gone in the eyes of like the immediate sense that someone else then comes in mm -hmm. and rehabilitates that whole situation, mm -hmm. puts a paint job on it, mm -hmm. 
and sells it at a price that then people in that community will not be able Can to no afford. afford. Exactly. But that's because if we don't own it, if you don't own that hood or you own in your neighborhood or where you're repping, then you're, we set ourselves up right. for this type of exploitation. Right. Um, and, and when we talk about like money staying in our community, mm-hmm. then it's not if you don't own your neighborhood or if you don't own your home. And so we want to just continue to encourage people to be on the path of awareness, Absolutely. Um, fiscal responsibility, because these are the things that we find out when we're 30 and 40 years old mm-hmm. and we've already played ourselves mm-hmm. in our teen years and our 20s mm-hmm. leading up to this and it creates a big problem for us to then have to rehabilitate our situations mm-hmm. dealing with credit and mistakes that we've made just being young and and and, and sometimes just uninformed mm-hmm. and thinking that money grows on trees right. and that it's free and then we find out you know once we gain a little maturity so we're here to promote that awareness early mm-hmm. so all them financial aid and loans and credit cards and everything's that you don't consume our aspirations and our dreams and limit us to to what we're able to achieve so i want to thank uh you know dj salmon broker from berkshire hathaway for being here with us today dropping all sorts of crazy information and uh let everybody know where they can find you if people want to get in touch with you uh so yeah i'm out of the durham office of berkshire hathaway um i can be reached at 919-450-7060 um, if you want to give me a call, if you got questions, concerns about your current real estate situation, if you want to change that, how you can go about doing it, open to a conversation about that. Um, also on the web at www.brokersalmon.com. That's B-R-O-K-E-R-S-A-L-M-O-N.com. Um, you can go there and, you know, link up and I can help you in, in any way I can. That's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you've helped us a lot here today. Mm-hmm. And uh, for anyone out there listening, comments, concerns, you would like to come on the show, if there's a topic you want us to discuss, we have the email set up. You can hit us at insidevoices at WCHL.com. That's insidevoices at WCHL.com. So give us a shout. Anything you want to talk about, we'd love to hear from you. Um, that wraps up today's show. Make sure you check in with us again next Sunday. Sunday, every Sunday here at 97.9 The Hill in Chapel Borough Radio. That's 2.30 every Sunday here with your boy Kevin Kazi Thomas on Inside Voices. Thank you for listening. Y'all have a blessed day, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to Inside Voices with Kevin Kazi Thomas on 97.9 The Hill. Catch this episode and more by visiting our on-demand page at chapelborough.com. What you mean?